with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. <laughs> ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? <laughs> no, I have no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? <laughs> how does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another Final Frontier-rific episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your interstellar hosts for this evening, and I am not alone. I am joined by two, count them, two of my fellow Starfleet Fanholes. Why don't you guys give a shout-out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Fuck! It's Mike. This is Justin, and remember to beware Romulans bearing gifts. All right, so we are here tonight, and in honor of making me feel like a dirty old bastard, we are celebrating, by the time you're listening to this, the 10th anniversary of the J.J. Abrams 2009 Star Trek Kelvinverse film, and Justin wanted to get us together so we could talk about the 2009 Star Trek, and we are here to discuss it. I mean, the the, the loves, the highs, the lows, trepidations, the hate, the the joys, like all that kind of good stuff, right? Pretty much. I, well, I'm kind of like you, though. I kind of, I'm like, it's been 10 years. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's been that long. Well, I, I was trying to think about this because I was like, that that was that was one of those conversations that, that we had had, you know, off air about just things in general. But it's like, it's the same thing with like, oh, you know, Marvel Studios is celebrating its 10 years. You know, th- this this will be 10 years of the reboot Star Trek film franchise. And I, it was funny, like there's, there's all this promotional stuff for like Marvel's 80th anniversary. And I'm sitting there looking at posters of Marvel's 70th anniversary. And to me, they're both new, you know, like there, there's no <laughs> difference between like that. That is like, you're not going to fool me with your, your, your fancy eBay selling tools and say vintage 70th anniversary Marvel poster. I'm kind of like, that's not vintage. What are you, what are you talking about? Like this it was ridiculous. It was only 10 years ago. And for me, it felt like it was like five minutes ago. I mean, I don't imagine we need to synopsize anything. I mean, I, I guess you just asked us to, to uh, you know, rewatch the movie if we wanted and, and maybe review the Star Trek Countdown miniseries from IDW and the Star Trek Nero miniseries from IDW, which I gladly did. I, I mean, I, I can speak for myself, like... I think going into this, like before the movie came out, I was super duper trepidatious. Like I was like, what? A to me, I was like, is this a, is this a hardcore reboot? Like, are they just saying, you know, fuck all the other stuff that came before it? Cause 
Because if it was, I was getting ready to, like, bring out the pitchforks and join all the people to kill the creature, you know, like, and the fire, the torches and all that. Other. I was ready to lead the charge and be like, all right, Paramount, like, your, your, your Frankenstein monster is going down, you know, if that's what was going on and everything. And your reboot is toast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I was I was super nervous about all that kind of stuff. And I, I wasn't exactly sure. And then I was kind of trying to keep away from it too, like to not know everything going into it. But I, I will admit, because you, you asked us to, to take a look at some of those miniseries and stuff, and it, it reminded me that Countdown miniseries was what gave me the confidence to go into the film with like a, a positive mindset, I think, you know, like that countdown miniseries was great. Like, I mean, to me, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and, and to sort of counter something that I did a bunch of research for, and I would have used Star Trek as my positive example. If, if I had ever gotten around to making a history of comics on film or an association with history of comics on film video about the green Hornet movie with Seth Rogen, like, that, that's the antithesis to what I felt with the 2009 Star Trek film. Like, I read the prequel comics to the Green Hornet thing and went, oh my god, this is terrible. And then I went and watched the movie and went, oh, I was right, this is awful! You know, like, it was it was like, everything sort of lined up. If, if there was a terrible prequel comic that came before the movie I was, like, dreading, then it held, it held fast to that. And, and, and the Trek film to me, I think, you know, I guess, you know, kind of giving my my overall opinion away at the outset. I enjoyed the 2009 Star Trek reboot film. I mean, we, you know, we'll make fun of it and, and crack jokes about it probably, you know, till we die. But, you know, th- I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie. So so I'm not going to take that away from the film. And, and on top of that, I, I, I just wanted to emphasize that that countdown miniseries was kind of what gave me the hint that that was what was to come and 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 I, I sometimes in certain cases i feel like that's held up you know just pointing out like the the green hornet example it's like if i was trepidatious about the green hornet film and i'm like i'm not so sure about this and then i read the prequel comic and went wow that was terrible that probably means the film's going to be terrible and then it was you know and it's like i read the prequel comic to this and i was like man that was that was great they weren't abandoning continuity at all in fact it like lined everything up with continuity for me so that when I went into it, I was a, you know, happy little fanboy, you know, a little, a little fat boy in a candy store or something like kind of being like, Oh yeah, this is great. I love this. This tastes wonderful. You know? And so I was all, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if that's one of those things they just designed to appease, you know, longtime Star Trek fans. And I'm sure there are some fans that no matter what you show them, even if they had looked at that countdown miniseries, you know, there, there's going to be that contingent of fandom that just can't stand the, the Kelvin timeline no matter what. But I, I'm okay with it. I, I enjoyed the film and, and then, you know, revisiting that miniseries I thought was, was, uh, was a lot of fun too. Cause I, I had sort of, like you said, it's been 10 years. So like, I kind of forgot like, so it was like, Oh yeah. Like data's in this and he's the captain and Oh yeah. Worf's in this. And he gets like skewered and, Oh yeah, like you know, I, I was kind of like revisiting all that kind of stuff and 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 going through it. But I I enjoyed that, and I mean, th- there's some stuff that doesn't. I I think there's some special effects and things that I could have lived without that I think don't quite hold up. But I think 
you know, and, and, and there's plenty of people, especially on the bot talk boards that, you know, frequently mention, you know, they're, they're not happy with some of the, the set design choices, I guess we'll call it. And, and I can, I can see that. Like, I get that. But I, I think overall, like, I think I, I really like Chris Pine. And, and I think that in combination with like the, I guess other cast members, the, the, the fast pace of the story and everything. Like I, I was along for the ride. I mean, there might be a couple things that I could take issue with, but overall, like I, I enjoyed the film and I'll I'll defend this film from people that, you know, have, have big, uh, angry issues with it or what have you. I was in the same boat with you because I was also super, you know, afraid of this movie because like ever since enterprise was canceled, there have been, rumors uh, you know constantly that they were they were trying to make a new star trek film and i remember reading parts of those scripts and some of them were pretty interesting and then some of them were kind of weird and i couldn't really see what they were going for and then when i heard they were actually gonna be making a new movie and it was gonna be a reboot i was like i kind of wanted to be like up in arms immediately i was like a reboot like no way like you can't just throw away like decades of continuity like are you crazy but then i watched the trailers and i was like okay it, it looks good but it it could be bad it could still be bad and kind of like you derek i remember i remember burn stealing those countdown comics mm. and i i eventually bought them i think i like i read them and i was like oh these are actually really good and there's a lot of stuff lining up you know kind of like you said but for some reason i just kept burn stealing them and then i think after the movie came out i was all hyped up on the you know the Star Trek hype train. I was like, wow, the movie was really great. And I went and bought those comics. And then I went and I bought some of the toys that were out because like this movie had like a huge market. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, I remember going to Burger King and buying a set of those, um, uh, glasses that you could get. Like I've still got my set unopened somewhere. I think, uh, someone else gave me another set when they were moving. They're like, Hey, do you want these? And I was like, Sure. And then, um, you know, there was, like, all those toys from Playmates. You had, like, a, what, like, a six-inch line and then a smaller line. And there was a, you know, an Enterprise. And then I think there were some, like, Ken and Barbie-like type dolls and stuff. Like, there was just huge amount of Star Trek stuff. And I was like, man, this is so great because for several years there, like, Star Trek was kind of kept alive by, like, comic books and novels. And, like, I was, you know, I mean, you know me, huge Star Trek fan. So I was, like, trying to to keep my my little you know fandom alive in any way i could whether it was comics or novels or some crappy video game or just however i just like you know wanted to not let go of a star trek and i didn't want it to be rebooted either but then you know like I watched just, the movie. just so everyone's aware when you say crappy video game you're talking about like the, the star trek voyager game Right. Uh, that's probably one of the many crappy Star Trek games. Like, uh, most of them are crappy. But... Hmm. Yeah, like I, I just remember, like I watched this movie three times in the theater, and that's kind of rare for me. Like I remember going to see it at midnight, and I was like, I was half excited and half like you know nervous about it. Which I mean, if, if you think about it, it's weird to be nervous about a movie, but I mean, it's just if you're that. If you're such a big fan of something and you're if you're that much in love with it, like you don't want to see it turn into some kind of cheap, you know, money making thing that just kind of like strips everything away from it. Like that's I don't know. That's just like a weird thing I think all fans go through. If you're if like it's like Mike loves Spider Man. I'm sure he doesn't want to see Spider Man turn into some weird like 
you know, let's make a crappy Spider-Man film because Spider-Man's popular and he's going to make us a lot of money. Like, you don't want that. Like, you want a good Spider-Man movie. And I just remember going and seeing it. I was like, man, this is really great. And then I watched it again the next day with, like, this huge group of friends. And it was weird because, like, you know, the marketing and all that stuff, they were trying to draw in people who weren't fans to go see it. You know, it's like that that's that studio, the Larry mindset. It's like, okay, Star Trek is really popular, but we got to get, like, you know, the, the couples who are going out to see a movie on a date or something. And it's like of that big group of friends that went and saw it with me on Saturday – like, I think I was the only huge Star Trek fan there. Everyone else was kind of like, either they were not really interested in Star Trek and they were just going because it was a group outing. And then there were people who were like, they were like, oh, yeah, I like Star Trek. But, you know, they just kind of, you know, they'll watch an episode here and there. And, you know, maybe they like Next Gen and they don't like anything else and blah, blah, blah. But everyone seemed to walk away and... You know, even non-fans seem to really enjoy that movie. That, that's but, um, interesting that you bring up the, the you know, appealing to the mass demographic thing. Because, I mean, I feel like they were trying to do that back with Enterprise and, and mm-hmm. different, like, they've been trying to push to get those non, you know, hardcore Trek fans to, to come in masses to see the, the films and stuff. And I, I, I remember a lot of people would come and ask me, like, oh, well, what, what do you think about this? Like, I think this is going to be cool. Like, what do you think about it? And the people that were asking me were not necessarily Star Trek fans. They were, you know, maybe film buffs or, or what have you, you know. And, and, and then I remember my buddy sent me this because after the trailers came out, you know, and there's that one, you, you know, the, 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 the scene where Spock finally loses it, you know, and, and, you know, chokes out Kirk on the, mm-hmm. the console and all that other stuff. So like that, that was one of the clips in the trailer where you saw him doing the, like, you know, Spock chop or whatever in the trailer. And there was this funny ass thing that my buddy sent me. Cause when all those trailers came out, set it to the, the theme song to 90210 you know, and so it was like, it was, and then it was like they they edited it in a way where it was like, you know, and when it did the, you could see like Spock do the chop like a couple times and all this kind of shit like that and stuff. So it was like, you know, it was kind of like I, I think that was like playing into someone like me and like you and in my trepidation about it. You know, kind of like, oh no, is this just going to be like? you know, Star Trek 90210 and everything. And then uh, another thing that you, when you went into your thing that, that sort of triggered something for me was kind of like my diatribe about Batman begins and that Hollywood never forgets any of their stupid motherfucking ideas. Like they always like try to recycle it and bring it back. It's like, you know, once they did Batman and Robin, the next thing was going to be Batman triumphant and it was going to have like Harley Quinn and the, and the the scarecrow or whatever and like fucking i don't know howard stern was going to be the scarecrow and all this other dumb <laughs> shit yeah there, there, there were all these like oh, casting God. rumors about like who would play the scarecrow and shit and like and 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 like but the one thing they never forgot was in all those batman triumphant treatments there was always a sequence where batman went into a fucking building and scarecrow sprayed him with this fear gas and he leaped out the fucking window and he was all on gas and fire and all this bullshit and sure enough even though those batman films kind of died in hollywood and they had to rebuild it and turn it into batman begins and all that other stuff by the time they got to that that sequence the Batman goes into a building and gets fear gassed and jumps out the fucking window. That's still in Batman Begins. And what this reminds me of is, like, before 
they were ready to commit to the Star Trek The Next Generation cast as the quote-unquote passing the torch of the films. Like, I think, like, even after Star Trek V, when, you know, the the original cast was kind of getting up in years, there were talks of, I don't know if it was necessarily a reboot, but they were, there were talks of, you know, we know these guys are getting old. Let's go back and do a Starfleet Academy movie. And it'll mm-hmm. be set in the days where Kirk and Spock were cadets and they'll be playing 3D chess together. And I remember like all these write-ups in, you know, like Starlog and all this other kind of stuff. And I kind of feel like you know, especially with all the cadet stuff in this film. And I, I feel like that's some of that, that, that original concept from way back when still, you know, clinging on like a fucking barnacle that like, <laughs> ju- the, you know, Hollywood just won't let go of. Right. Like, yeah. and that it, it finds its way in there. Like, I think that's how you got the sequence with, you know, it's like, Oh, wh- how, how did the, the Kobayashi Maru thing go down? Exactly. Like, let's see that, you know, Oh, you know what, you know, wh- wh- what did they get up to in the Starfleet dorm rooms? You know, where's Busby or Bugsby or whatever the fuck that guy's name is, you know, on the grounds, filling in all the kids or whatever, you know, and, and stuff like that, you know? And, and anyway, that, that, that's, that's the other thing that that kind of reminded me of, I guess. So what about you, Mike? I know like you're not as big as Star Trek fan as maybe me and Derek, but I know you do enjoy it. So like, how did you go into this film? Like were you also trepidatious or were you like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Like I, I was kind of like, bring it on. Cause I, I hadn't really been a Star Trek fan in years. Like at, at that point, like I, I, you know, I was big into watching the next generation and like I, I had seen like the some of the original movies, but that's about like the extent of it. And I didn't have a huge connection to the original series. So like I was like, yeah, let's like, you know, do a reboot. And like I, I went to see it with a very good friend of mine who was a huge Trekkie. So I was like I was like, oh, I needed like someone like to like tell me that I was wrong, basically. <laughs> like like th- this is the same kid I went to see like Star Trek Nemesis with. And like when I walked out of that, I was like, I thought that was okay. And he was like, that was balls. Like, that was <laughs> terrible. And I was like, okay. like, so I, I was like, I kind of needed his opinion with that. And like, sure enough, I, I got, I came out of like this, this movie. And I was like, I thought that was okay. That was pretty good. And he was like, I didn't much care for it. Like, and like over time, like, you know, when listening to you guys and like listening to like Red Letter Media's review of it and stuff, like, I can understand, like, both like both points of view i guess where it's definitely something that was needed to like you know pump new life into star trek but i also understand why people who were like you know like you you guys said like trepidatious about it like some of their fears might have been a little justified like Mm. and like i remember there was this funny ass like video when that movie came out on youtube where they did like this fake news report where it's like, you know, Star Trek nerds like hate the new Star Trek and like like they they'd have like this reporter interviewing people coming out of a like uh, a theater and like they like they'd be all like these like Star Trek like people like coming out and being like, oh, man, like that's terrible. And like one guy was like, if I wanted to see attractive people doing exciting things, I'd watch sports like <laughs> So like that always like stuck with me. So like I kind of like I I see both viewpoints. Like I I think it's okay, but I also see where you know it's it's a very it's not very familiar 
I guess, to like, you know, what you're used to. One of the reasons I brought up the the comics, especially the Nero comic, is I kind of I think Nero is not really a good villain, but those comics add a lot to him. Like it makes him a lot more sympathetic if you read those comics, like especially the miniseries devoted to him. And I kind of I kind of wish some of that backstory made it into the film. But like I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. It, it it's interesting because I I think the film itself is an attempt to make such a popcorny fun film even with the heavy subject matter like cuz i mean okay like if you break down what actually happens in the movie there's racism there or speciesism or whatever you want to call it right but there there there's there's speciesism in it against spock there's there's genocide of a planet. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's easy to sit back 10 years later and be like, oh, yeah, Vulcan got blown up. But, I mean, I swear to freaking, I don't know, K-less, right? Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like sitting there going like, dude, they're not going to blow up Vulcan. Vulcan's not yeah. going to blow up. And then when they blew up Vulcan, I was like, oh, shit, oh my God. they blew up fucking Vulcan. Like, this is yeah. fucking... They blew it up, I, I was like, maniac! I was like, this is this is for fucking really reals, man. This is the really reals world. There ain't no going back from blowing up Vulcan. Like, this is serious. Like, so, like, I was like, you know, like, that That was, I mean, it, you know, it, it might be easy to sidestep that, but it's hard, it, it, to me, it's like, I have to put myself in that mindset of the time where I, I was absolutely convinced that nothing I, they, I thought they were going to save Vulcan like I didn't think that was going to happen like I was like you're crazy you can't blow up Vulcan that's going to like change everything and then all of a sudden they did it and then it was like oh they're like they're really committed to this this new anything can happen timeline but at the same time I guess going back to my point is you, you have like a lot of heavy subject matter going on but yet it's not it's not something they're really willing to dissect and analyze it's 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 like heavy frosting i don't i i I mean i know that's like an awful thing to say when it's something that's like serious but it's like the the backstory for nero to them it was good enough to 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 know oh well he's mad because his (laughs) planet blew up and guess what? We're going to put a little screen grab of his wife and, who was pregnant, like, and there, and that, and that, that should be all you need to know. And it's like, for you, you know, you're like, hey, you know, I, I liked reading that comic book that it fleshed out his backstory. I liked understanding why they had all those tattoos on their face and why they didn't look like regular Romulans. You know, yeah. and and for for nerds like us, like you like seeing the through line of like, oh look, the Remans attacked the ship, and that came from that god awful Nemesis movie, and see how it all <laughs> ties it all together in a nice little package from one crap movie to this new one, like and and look at how it all lines up and flows, and I mean it's all subterfuge and bullshit, but we you know we're fucking comic sci-fi nerds we like <laughs> having the magic trick shoved in front of our faces like we like seeing the the flowers pop out of somebody's hand with star trek continuity like to me just the fact that somebody was trying and 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 
pretty much succeeded, even with those little comic books and stuff, and the fact that they're like, look, we're going to put Leonard Nimoy in this, and they're going to pass the torch, and he's not going to die in a fucking jungle gym fight. Like, I was <laughs> I was happy with that. Like, like for me, that was good enough. Like, I know for some people, like, I, I get what Mike's saying. Like, there there were reservations. And some people, you're, you're never going to convince them that these movies are any good. I mean, and yeah. I, I sort of get it. I mean, if you, if you sort of get past the popcorny stuff and you go, if the Federation is supposed to be this idealized world where, you know, we don't use money and we don't, you know, and, and everybody is, you know, singing Kumbaya and, and there's all these different cultures and species and they're all joining the Federation. We're all this big fun melting pot with the whole quark, you know, bubbly root beer metaphor and all that other <laughs> stuff. Right. Like if we're that, how is it that Vulcans in this, like, I mean, Vulcans are, I mean, it's funny because, and that's something that, that creeps up a lot in Discovery as well, but it's like Vulcans really treat Spock like shit. I mean, I mean, if you really break it down, right? Like, like they're like, oh, you're just some fucking half-breed. Like, your mom's a fucking whore. You know, and it's like, that's, you know, and, and it's like, that. that's the funny thing is that the, the writers were not thinking of the context of, like, this... 20 year canon because they're trying to get rid of that baggage to tell a story that they want to tell and they're thinking of probably the generic movie audience or this quote unquote fabled new audience where the new audience like the girl that's next to you watching the Star Trek movie that doesn't know shit about the 20 years of Star Trek but she gets that somebody called this kid's mom a whore and he's going to punch the fuck out of him now and he's not supposed to but he does it anyway and then you're on this guy's side right? Because you get it. Like, it's like, he's not supposed to do it, but you know what? You feel like, hey, if somebody called my dad a traitor and my mom a whore, I'd punch the fuck out of him, too. So now you're on his side. You know, it's like, if you didn't have a dad and some douchebag was telling you what to do and, and, and whatever in the middle of Iowa, like, you know, you feel like, hey, maybe I'd fucking play some Beastie Boys and drive off a fucking <laughs> cliff with the guy's <laughs> stupid fucking vintage car. You know, like, and, and so you're like, okay, they're, they're trying to get you on these guys' side. The, the other thing I thought of, and I don't really care at this point if, if this is something that most listeners won't understand, but I'm going to say it anyway because it came up in long time Long-time members of the Botox forums will understand and, and hopefully appreciate this. But I was thinking about this as I was re-watching the film, and I'm like, dude, man, like, they really, you know, it's like, I'm like, dude, if Labyrinth is not into this movie, he's a fucking hypocrite. Because this starts with the goddamn birth of fucking James <laughs> T. Kirk. Like, this, the beginning of this movie starts, he's fucking born. So, like, you can't, you can't get more of an origin story than that, right? Like, he's fucking pops out of his mom and he's born. So I was like, you can't, you can't get more of an origin story than that. So, I mean, you know. Can we go back to the Nero miniseries for just a minute? Yeah, yeah, please, please. You, you totally skipped over my favorite part. Nero meets V'ger. Nero meets V'ger. Like, I'm, that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this was written for me, wasn't it? I'm like, like Nero meets V'ger because, like, and this is something I know Tony was, I wish Tony was here because Tony was questioning this off air last week among you and myself. We were kind of talking about Nero's ship, the Narada, and why it looks so different. And the explanation is in Countdown that they the Romulans the Romulans recovered some Borg technology and they upgraded this mining ship, and because there's Borg technology in this new 
you know, reconfigured ship, like when Nero goes back in time, it senses V'ger because in this continuity, the Borg and V'ger have a connection. And so, like, they go all the way to the Delta Quadrant and you got the Narada flying through V'ger, like Star Trek The Motion Picture, and you got Nero standing before the little, like, satellite dish. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I feel like this was written just for me. Like, yeah, yeah. Who, who would have thought, like, in this little mini series, it's like, Oh, guess what? Nero's going to meet Phaedra. Like, wait, what? Well, the, so, and, and, and then like the way... When I, when I read that, I was like, oh, this is why Justin had me read this. <laughs> well, it, did it put you to sleep? No, but, <laughs> but I, I was thinking of, like, you know, oh, I bet Nero's like, like, uh, what was that, Nero? I don't know, but I feel really sleepy. You know? <laughs> He's like, hello, Phaedra. I'm Nero. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I, I that to me, like it, it always made sense. Like the way they tied it together was that the Borg technology was sensed by V'ger because V'ger's looking for his creator, and and in V'ger's mind, the creator is not going to be a carbon unit. You know, like it's not going to be a fucking carbon unit, right? So, so when it senses that Borg technology, it's like, oh, hey, this might be. This might be something like, let's check this out. And then that's how that all goes down. So it's funny too, because it, it also like, I mean, that moment skewing the time is almost as, as important as something in the film, like, like Vulcan getting destroyed, you know, because it's like, Oh, this might change enough that V'ger never like yeah. comes to earth. Do you know what I mean? Like it might just go off and do its own thing and, do do something totally totally different from from the previous timeline for all we know you know so it's like that that opened up all kinds of possibilities for storytelling so do you guys have anything you want to like call out the film about like maybe you know like, like you were saying Derek like bad special effects or maybe I don't know I was rewatching the film today and it still kind of bugs me about the whole like old Spock is stranded on Delta Vega new Spock strands kirk on delta vega and scotty is also there and like i i remember reading like an interview from one of the writers of this film and they were like oh we had some dialogue that was deleted where old spock was like commenting on this and he said maybe it's the timeline trying to fix itself and i was like mm. i kind of feel like you need that line because that all it's too as much I like, too much coincidence yeah as much as i like the movie i'm like those are a lot of coincidences and i don't know that that, that would be my big criticism of the movie i guess is too many coincidences that work out just perfectly. Well, it's it's weird because they 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 have to. It's like for the the you know the the screenwriting formula, right? Like Kirk has to be taken to his lowest ebb, right? So what's what's your what's the lowest ebb? He's not on the ship. He's he's stranded on this planet. You know, he's got nowhere to go. And now fucking gloop gloop asshole fucking monsters are coming out of him or whatever, <laughs> coming after him, you know, like, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. I mean, you know, like, like that, like, I, I don't know. I, I think in my rewatch of this today, like, that's when the movie started slowing down for me. Cause mm -hmm. it's like they, they really made a big effort of like, even if, you, you know, what's funny is if you, if you, do what I did and you slightly got distracted when you were just about to start the movie, like you would miss, like if you miss the first, it's like, what if this is a movie you walk in 30 seconds late to you're fucked. Like, cause so <laughs> yeah. much stuff, so much stuff happens in that first scene with George Kirk and all this other stuff. And it's like, and they, they, they bombard you with all kinds of visual stimuli to keep this kind of modern, 
ADD audience interested and not go to sleep, right? Like not, you know, not, you know, forgive me, but not like the motion picture type stuff, right? Like, <laughs> like this is, this is all, you know, jump cuts and shaky cam and yeah, people yeah. running down the halls and all this other bullshit, right? And so it's like, that's to be like, oh, this is, this is intense. This is exciting. You got to pay attention to it and everything. And then the minute they, they get to the, the frozen planet and they're talking to Scotty and everything, that's, that's when it kind of slows down a little bit from, from that pace. And it's like, it's not, I don't know, it's it's not my fault, and I don't know if it's the fault of the movie either, but it's like, you, you were setting up a certain level of expectation, and then, and then some of it towards the middle there. It's like, it's like, not only is it the most desolate hour of the lead character, but it's also kind of the most desolate hour of the fast-paced action, which is weird, right? Like, because you're like, oh, are, are, the, are, 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 are people going to get, are people bored, or are people just gonna like understand that like Kirk's in a rough spot and then we get to have you know sort of the the fanboy moment squeal of like you know old spork is there to to save the day or whatever you know and 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 do his thing and and you know I mean I I feel like I mean I, I feel like there's enough people that lambast the movie enough you know and, and talk about how things don't make sense or you know there you know you could argue that you know certain things don't fit with established personalities and do, does a time change change the integrity of a human being or or you wanna or, or then the other thing you wanna ask is is this really just the same timeline changed or is it like they say in the dialogue, like, is it an alternate universe now because of what happened? I mean, because clearly them going back didn't pull the back to the future thing where they all fade away from fucking time. Right. Like that didn't change it that much. Like they're, they're still all out there, you know, like Spock still, you know, dances a Vulcan jig with the other ambassadors and everything when they go off to new Vulcan or whatever at the end of the film. So there's not, I mean, you can sit here and have fun pontificating about the ramifications of what was done and what happened and everything. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I do, you know, where, where you're like sitting there kind of like figuring stuff out, but I don't know that I delve deep enough into it to, to, I don't know, hurl unforgivable criticisms at the film, I guess. Like for me, I guess I, I like that, like, to me, this is like, you know, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, sling shit at other properties or anything, but it's just, it's just for me, it's a good example. Like, to me, this is the anti-Bruce Tim Justice League. This isn't like Spock does everything and saves the day, or Kirk does everything and saves the day. Like, what I liked about this film, and, and like, a good example is the dropshoot thing. It's like, Pike has to go do the freaking, you know... Uh, thing with Nero, the the sit down, the face to face, but then they take the shuttle, and then Sulu and him and the other red shirt idiot go on the thing, and then they both have to go down, and then you know, and then and then you know, Sulu saves Kirk from getting thrown off the thing, but then Sulu flies off the thing, and Kirk saves him, but then they're all plummeting and falling into their doom, and you're like, oh well, what the fuck's gonna happen? And then Chekhov's like, oh, I can do this, I can do. And it's like everybody got to do something to make that go down. And, and, and you know, and Uhura knew the thing about the fucking Klingon ship and, and, and Bones got him on the ship because he did his doctor bullshit. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been there. And it's like basically like if you took any of those 
original crew members out of the equation of dominoes, the whole thing would have fallen the fuck apart. And to me, like, that's one of those things where it's like, I would hate it if, you know, you know, to go back to the Justice League thing, like, sometimes I feel like if you took all the dominoes out, and as long as Batman was there to fucking kick off the fucking domino thing, you'd be fine. You know, like, you wouldn't need all these other assholes, because the only character that, you know, that Bruce Tim cares about writing is fucking Batman, and everybody else can go, ooh! And it's like, at least with this, it's like, yeah, we get it. Spock and Kirk are the main characters, right? And 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 that's fine, but I think everybody, I, I mean, that's something I appreciated about this film, was that everybody had a vital and essential role to play, and they I, I don't feel like they shortchanged anybody. Like, everybody had a reason to be there. And, man, Carl Urban, knocks it out of the fucking yeah, park he's like great. he's so fucking good mm-hmm. i mean he's so good i mean like like i mean i know there's people that like you know hate certain things about the timelines and the the ships and the you know i don't know a lot of it's like a lot of details that i'm willing not to get bogged down in but the thing that i can appreciate is like the acting you know like the you know it's like it's not going to like trip me out that that Pavel Chekhov doesn't look like Walter Koenig cuz you know Anton Yeltsin like he was great like he was fantastic yeah. like like i i mean you know there's there's like there's a lot of good stuff that happened in there i mean you know i yeah i i, I don't know like for for me like like i i think this is a movie i'm willing to overlook some of the bad things. I mean, the the thing that bugged me the most was, and like I said, I don't like bloop bloop aliens. I don't like the little, you know, dumb things that were chasing after Kirk. And I especially don't like in the talking about the origin, going back to the, you know, for really reals at the start of the birth and all that other stuff. Right. I hate that one fucking like nurse or lab tech or whatever. The, the one eyes, with the big the giant battle <laughs> angel Alita eyes like that. That, that's so dated and ugly looking like get that the fuck like you know what special edition that shit the fuck out of that movie because that 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 is terrible like that needs to get the fuck out of the movie but other than that like i don't i don't have anything i mean and then the other thing you know i might as well mention it since we're you know what was funny is i posted that i was watching this tonight and and one of our buddies from um from from bot talk um uh, I'm not going to say his real name in case he wants to be anonymous, but um, on Bot Talk, you know, it's it's uh, it's Rogue, right? And so he's talking about how he just rewatched this the other day, and he kind of thought it was okay at first, and then and then he basically he says, I think the constant use of that industrial looking building down the street as sets was partly what ruined it for me. It was like they didn't give a damn about designing and building their own sets, so they just went down to a water treatment plant and filmed it for everything. And 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 that's the other comment that I've frequently seen that that I was willing to ignore, like I guess. Like like he calls it a water treatment plant. I mean, I'm pretty sure like Cruiser Dave or somebody nailed it because it was like a beer factory or some it shit was. for the engine yeah, room, yeah. right? And it's like Fine. I mean, I, I know in, in my head, you know, like, yeah, if you want to, if you want to, you know, if you want to see behind the illusion, right? Like, if you want to, you know, see how somebody does a magic trick and say, oh, I, I know how they pulled the, 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 your nose out. It's just the thumb underneath their finger, <laughs> you know, like, like, it's not really your nose. It's like, well, you know what? I want to, I want to pretend it's my fucking nose. All right. Like, I'm willing to do that. that. Like, you that- know. 
that aesthetic did bother me. But then in my head, I can jump through hoops and be like, well, this is not the original Enterprise. So engineering looks di- looks different. It looks like mm. a brewery. So whatever. But but yeah, I I, I mean, I, I don't like that look. I get why I did it. But also it's a different ship inside and out. So I'm, I can kind of poo-poo it away, I guess. I was also going to say, like, any anytime um, Dr. McCoy says, good God, man, <laughs> like, I start laughing. <laughs> just, just the way he says that, like, I, I don't know, it just gets me every time. And then whenever he's like, are you out of your fucking mind? They said, like, Carl, Carl Urban it was, like, the biggest Star Trek geek of that entire cast. And, like, mm-hmm. it, like it, he would really, like, campaign to get that role. So you can mm-hmm. see he really, like, put his all into it. Yeah, yeah, he was he he was fantastic. Good God, man! Damn it, man! I'm a doctor, not a physicist. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, if I had to criticize something, like, and I noticed it like the first time I watched it, but like the Red Letter Media review, like the Mister Plinkett review, kind of like brought it up too, where and like people like to joke that like the the bridge of that new enterprise is like an Apple store or something like so but it, like and like Plinkett like makes a joke and it like and it's filled with Apple geniuses like and like it, it's true it's like all the casts like attributes and like you know abilities are all like super amplified in that movie like everyone is like a super expert at like what they do and it's like you know, like back on the, you know, back in the original series, it's like Ahura, like, you know, answered the phone basically. But now she's like a audio, like oral audio, like, you know, linguistic expert or whatever. And it's like, you know, everyone remembers that one scene where Sulo like went crazy and like swung a sword around. And now <laughs> now he's like a fencing, like martial artist, like expert or whatever. And then like, like and it, it's. It's the same with like everyone, basically. Everyone is like the best there is, like at what they do or whatever. And I, I guess, like, I guess you have to do it that way, just so like everyone stands out. But like, I, I, I did kind of notice that where I'm like, oh, so everyone's like a prodigy, basically, mm-hmm. on this crew. Like, I remember another thing that bugged me the first time I watched it is, um, they're having that hearing, you know, Kirk versus Spock, and he's cheating or whatever, and then it's like, oh, uh, Vulcan's under attack, and then. The the Admirals make this great decision. Uh, Vulcan's under attack. Let's load up the spaceships with all the cadets and go. Let's go. I'm just like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Like these are cadets. Like they're still in training. You want to load all these guys up and just zip off the Vulcan? I'm like, <laughs> no, it would be a really great idea. Like, <laughs> like, are you out of your Vulcan mind? Well, no, nobody ever accused Starfleet High Command of knowing what the hell they're doing, right? <laughs> I mean, Kirk's always defying them every five minutes, so they can't all be brilliant geniuses, right? Maybe that's why they gotta hire all these prodigies to do the do the important shit. But yeah, I remember. I remember my friend was talking about like the ice planet and all the like coincidences on it, and like, well, like I, I, ironically, like the thing he had the most problem with was like how Kirk gets there in the first place because he's like, like Starfleet doesn't do that. Like if you have a dis, like you know, an insubordinate officer or whatever, you just lock him in the brig. You don't shoot him off the ship or whatever. So yeah, but yeah, well, I mean, I mean I guess... but, but to, to me, like, like I think. This is a good example of, okay, fine, I accept that as someone's criticism. I think it's a fair criticism. My my retort would be, well, the whole point of that entire arc for Spock is that he is emotionally compromised. He's not necessarily going to follow Starfleet protocol to the letter because he's in a 
emotionally agitated state of mind. So rather than actually confront the problem, like he's he's trying to remove the problem off the ship. Like is that is that part of Starfleet regulations and protocol? Like probably not. Does 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 it does it work to get Kirk to his lowest ebb for these screenwriters? Like yes. Do, do you have to come up with a bunch of kooky ass coincidences to get him out of that jam? Hell yes. Like it, it's like one of those things where I remember when I always used to like write comic books like as a kid and I I I get to this really awesome cliffhanger and do this great splash page and be like dude how's my guy going to get out of this I shot him in the shoulder and there's 20 fucking guys around him and they're all ready to butt rape him you know and it's like what's he going to do now and then and then it came time like oh I got to write the next issue and then I was like fuck, I don't know, how does he get out of it, you know, like, shit, I don't know, you know, it's like, you sort of have to come up with, like, bullshit like, things, you know. Fortunately, Rob and I had this anti-butt rape spray in my <laughs> utility belt. No, I mean, I'd come up with, like, hackneyed-ass shit myself, where I'd be like, uh, dude fires his Batman bat thing and pulls down the entire ceiling. So the 20 butt rapists have the fucking top floor collapsed on them. And then he goes out and fixes himself with a hot poker. The end. Like, and it's like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. It's like, now he's fine and he can fight for another 20 pages, you know, like, yay. You know, like, so it's like, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be, uh, you know, plot contrivances and shit like that and, and, and a lot of stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm more forgiving of it in this case just because I think there, there were, you know, like, like we said, you know, some of the actors, the charm, the personality, the charisma or whatever, you know, the, some of those things, you know, gets it over for me, I guess. Well, I, I am. I, I am happy you had us read those comics, Justin, because, like, I vaguely remember flipping through, I think, the prequel comic, like, the Countdown comic before, like, seeing the movie, because I do remember, being, like, seeing Data, and I was like, wait, isn't Data dead? And then, like, you know, they did the hand wave explanation yeah. for him where he was like, no, I just, you know, imprinted my brainwaves on B4, and, like, here I am, like, I'm the captain, wee, like... <laughs> You know, and like I, I kind of liked that, but like, yeah, like like you said, it gave Nero like a lot more dimension because I think when we originally talked about this movie way back, like when we had like the first like Star Trek episode, I said like how Nero was kind of unremarkable to me, and like I was like, you know, he's just a disgruntled miner, and like like some of his motivation was kind of like kind of like it felt like toe stubby to me where yeah, he's like yeah. like oh, yo dude like spock like you know tried to help you he just failed like it wasn't his fault like but you, the the comics like you know added a lot more you know dimension to it i guess where you know he was like you know captured by the klingons he was tortured imprisoned you know and then like and it's like the the honest trailer for this movie um makes fun of the fact where it's like, you know, what does Nero do? Like, does he go to Romulus to like warn, like, you know, everyone that like the star is going to go supernova? Like, no, he just sits around in space for 25 years or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I was like, if you watch the movie, that's what you think. But like, you know, the comics actually like fill in all that time. So that was yeah. like that whole like subplot of him being captured by the Klingons. Like they actually filmed some of that stuff and then they deleted it for whatever reason. Like I, I remember some of that made it to the um, 
deleted scenes section of the DVD. But I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, I get why they cut it out. It probably slowed the film down for, like Derek said, the ADHD crowd. But I think yeah. I think some of that was needed because you were like, well, what was he doing for 20 years? He just sitting around waiting for Spock? Like, yeah. You, you know what else I, I was thinking of when I watched this was I, I sort of realized, like, there's some people like, and, and you'll be familiar with this, Justin, because we've had these conversations before, but you know, there, there's some stuff where I watch movies and I'm like, holy fuck, that's Robin Wright Penn. Like, man, like <laughs> she looks like, like time really took its toll on her and, and she looks like she lived a hard ass life all of a sudden. Or like the other person I was thinking of was, uh, you're like sitting there going, holy fuck, that's Rebecca De Mornay and Jessica Jones. You're like, what the fuck happened to you? You know, like, like all these kind of things and stuff. And, and what's funny is like, and I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just my personal bias, but it's like, I cannot see Winona Ryder as anything but like the little girl from, well, little girl, but you know what I mean? Like I, I, I cannot like to me, like she's always going to be the, the chick from Heather's or the girl in Beetlejuice or whatever. Like I can't, I don't know, like, mm. for some reason, like, I just, you know, part of that is, like, super odd, because I'm like, how are you going to be Spock's mom? You're just a little girl from Beetlejuice. Like, you're not old enough to be Spock's mom. And then you're sitting there going, holy fuck, she totally is old enough to be Spock's mom, you know? And so it's, like, one of those things where, like, that that's that whole 10-year thing, I think, that triggered that, is, like, you're, you're sitting there going, oh, that's not, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's, like, that that kind of stuff doesn't even phase me where I'm like it, 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 Winona Ryder is like she she hit the cusp of that like when I talk about like new comics and to me like a new comic is like anything from like 2000 and onward <laughs> even though those are like 20 years old now or whatever so but yeah I, I want to write like my own little fan comic now where like Q shows up to save Spock's mom but he's dressed as Beetlejuice for some stupid reason <laughs> And then he sends her back in time and turns her into uh, like a teenager, and he's like, you know, have fun with weirdo monsters and stuff. <laughs> what if, what if, like, the reason, like, you know, the rest of the Vulcan Council didn't like her was not because she was human, but but because she like shoplifted from like Vulcan shops. And stuff. <laughs> 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 What if all those like Vulcan kids were like, your mother's nothing but a shoplifter. She's, she's, a just, a, she's just a five <laughs> finger <laughs> discount. He's like eminently logical. <laughs> the Spock is like, it is only logical. Like your mother's pay, like pay money for that stuff. My mother gets it for free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Without without like going too far into it, because I, I don't know if I've ever talked to you guys about this, but what do you guys think of like the two sequels to this movie? Like, oh, like the- I don't like Into Darkness. See, um, people, yeah, people. Uh, I don't know. People hate Into Darkness like with a passion. Like, I I feel like I'm just that oblivious like dude where I just kind of went in, decided I enjoyed it, even though, I mean, I still made fun of some things here and there. Like, I mean, well, I'll be honest. I made more fun of things in Into Darkness than I did with this movie. But but still, I was just kind of like, you know what? It's still, to me, at at its core, it was still supposed to be about the friendship between Kirk and Spock, and that still sort of gets me in the feels. So I was willing to, like, let a lot of things slide because of that. But, man, I mean, I'm sure Justin will go into it. But, dude, people, people 
like that into darkness is like the last Jedi for certain Star Trek <laughs> it fans. Is, yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's really that hill that they fucking fought and died on. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, that's that, that to some, to some people like, I mean, cause I, I'm like, I'm like I'm probably a weird exception. It's like, I'm the guy who will stick up for Batman V Superman, you know, Dawn of dumpster fire or whatever the fuck people call it. You know, I'll sit there and kind of be like, dude, like give it to darkness a rest or whatever. But to some people, man, to me, like I can understand because I get it because you know, for me, like movies like that are like fucking is like the last Jedi where I'm just like, all right, I get it. If, if this movie is your last Jedi, you don't have to say anything else to, to me. Like, I get it. I understand. I'm not going to fight you on it. Like, I'm just going to say, hey, you know what? I enjoyed it, but maybe I'm just a stupid fuck who don't know any better, you know, and I'll just leave it at that. I I mean, I'm not going to die on that hill fighting against in darkness, but our early like Star Trek discussion episode, like I can remember being on that episode and saying, you know, well, they're thinking about having Khan in this new movie. Like, I don't want Khan. I want them to show me something different. Like we've seen Khan, like just, you know, you've set up this completely different reality by destroying Vulcan and whatnot. Like could show me what else is different. And like, I just, I didn't want to see Khan again. And I think they just completely like fumbled with that aspect of it. And then I uh, just, other aspects of the film, like I just don't even want to get into. I'm like, I'm like, four or five years from now, are we gonna like have an anniversary and discuss that? Like, I don't know. I kind of wouldn't mind ripping into it, but yeah, you know, I, I don't like Into Darkness really. Um, I, I do like Beyond a lot, which Derek and I discussed that movie on a previous episode. I really like Beyond, but not Into Darkness. Oh yeah, I, I do. Now that I think of it, I was like, I think we did. I don't know if I was on that show, but you guys. As did talk about beyond yeah like yeah, so yeah but uh like into darkness is kind of like like i don't know like age of ultron to me like yeah. it's like it mm. should like it has all these ingredients that mm-hmm. should be awesome but for some reason they don't quite work like the yeah. like jj yeah. abrams is trying too hard to like please you basically but i, I don't know like there's, there's stuff in it i like but well like a, a perfect example is like you know when kirk quote unquote like dies and then like you know spock is the one who has to go like on like like when i first saw that in the theater like the entire theater erupted in laughter mm-hmm. and i was kind of like well it's it's funny because it's like a meme worthy thing now but it's also like that was supposed to be a huge like emotional like mm-hmm. moment too mm-hmm. so i was like I, I don't know what they were going for exactly like yeah i felt like a lot of that was not earned like star trek 2 you've totally earned you know, Kirk yelling con because he's been screwed over. You totally like Spock's death scene is incredibly sad and it's earned because, you know, it's Spock, it's, it's Mr. Spock and he's dying and they're separated by glass and they've been friends since, you know, forever. Like all that's earned and it's a, a very emotional, but like with this crew, like we've had one previous movie, like, and Spock is not, I mean, they're friendly, but at this point, like, they're not, like, best friends forever. Like, you know, the the movie begins with, like, Spock, what he, like, sends some report to Starfleet, like, kind of undermining Kirk. And Kirk's like, dude, I thought we were bros. Like, they've not yet earned that friendship. So I never understood why Spock was so, like, upset that he's, like, yelling at Khan. And, and then, as Derek will say, like, he's running through, like cityscapes and his wigs bobbing up and down and he's punching people to shit or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I think that's my favorite go-to to make fun of and everything. I, I mean, I guess that's fair, right? But then, I mean, I, I think people would level the same criticism of even this first movie. I mean, a lot, a lot of things are quote-unquote not earned. I mean, Kirk gets promoted to first yeah. officer like out of nowhere. You know, it's like it's like Uhura gets gets promoted to the chief, uh, whatever it is, chief communications person, just because numbnuts doesn't know how to fucking speak Romulan <laughs> and Vulcan. It's like, I mean, that's fine. I mean, it, it, you know, in a quick cursory glance, you're like, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, do that, do that. So we have all our all our chess pieces lined up just how we remember it from Star Trek, you know, and it's like they, they, they were maneuvering things into place. And, and I, I think that same tact was done in into darkness. Only a lot more people were vocal about the rejection of that, you know, like, and to me, I, I, like I said, I was still willing to go along with the, like, I'm, I, I guess it's unfair. Like I took my baggage of their friendship and history with me into it, regardless of the fact that it may be, wasn't earned or didn't really exist in that timeline, you know, but I mean, I think you could argue that like a lot of the experience and skill of, of the the crew that, you know, isn't necessarily going to be on reflection because they're big budget movies. I mean, you only have the, it's not like you've got, you know, three seasons of a TV show and, 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 you know, feature films to, to create all that history. You just have the first movie and the second movie and then beyond, you know, like that's yeah. all you got, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. To me, to me, it's like, okay, that's a fair criticism per se. But then part of me is like, well, I don't know that that's like super fair. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's some, there's something about it. Like I get it. Life isn't fair, but like sometimes I'm like sitting there going like, well, you know, they, they only have so much time to do it. And yeah, they, they, they're really trying to shoehorn all this stuff in. But then, I mean, would you, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you could go back and forth and, and, and argue and talk about it all the time. But, you know, it's like, I, I, to me, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking like, you know, you, I guess, you know, it kind of puts you in a, uh, between a rock and a hard place because you, you only have so much time to set up those kind of relationships in a film, unless you allude to, you know, like, I guess, for example, the relationship between like Spock and Uhura, like, like clearly there was something going on before that movie ever started and, and continues to go on throughout the films. But it's like, do you think the, 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 all the awesome scenes in beyond between McCoy and Spock, are they like not earned? Cause they only had three movies to like forge a burgeoning friendship. Should they not be that? you know, cantankerous with one another, you know, and, and go through some kind of arc and beyond because of that? Or would you just rather see them have some great scenes together and call it a day? You know, me, I guess I was just leaning towards that. It's like, you know, I mean, I get what you're saying that, you know, people are yucking it up about, you know, uh, Zachary Quinto yelling con, but I mean, I, I, I was still, I mean, I'll admit it. Like I was, I was emotionally invested in that scene, you know, regardless of I, people I will, think it's crap or whatever. Like I will admit, I was like, man, did they have the balls to like kill Kirk like in this one, like for good? Like, but then of course, you know, there was like an undo. So I was like, oh, I guess, I guess not. Like, like if if they had gone through with that, I'd be like, wow, this is different. Like, like this this is new, bold, new and like interesting. But, you know, I guess you can't have Star Trek like the original series without Kirk. So, you know, I, I can see why they wouldn't do that, but. I always thought it was funny, like they had to do like a con miniseries 
like set between Into Darkness and Star Trek 09, where they explain why Khan looks totally different from uh, the way he did in the original series. And I, I don't know, that always just kind of made me laugh. Yeah, the only other thing about Into Darkness I thought was kind of like, like, come on now, like, you know, RoboCop has like a bigger, like, you know, black Enterprise, mm-hmm. basically, where it's like, you know, I, I don't know, it kind of, it kind of like struck me as like a sort of like Carnage Doomsday like thing, like, mm. like, <laughs> in, like he has a bigger, like, better, like, evil, like Enterprise or whatever. So I was kind of like, oh come on now, like it, but I, I guess like. Something like that's like rare, I guess, in Star Trek. So I guess it's like okay, but like I, I like even when I first saw it, I was kind of like, wait a minute. But no, like I I do like the third one, and like into like I said, Inter Darkness does have its moments. I just thought, I don't know, like it, like it should, like it's it. There's so many good ingredients like in the mix, but and it should work, but like it, it just there's something about it that I don't know didn't quite land with me. I'm kind of like. I'm kind of sad that they. It doesn't seem like they're going to going to do another one with this cast. Like, it's weird. Like for a while, they kept talking about how they're trying to get. I don't know why, but they were talking about how they're trying to get Hemsworth back involved in it, and 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 then it was like I guess both him and Chris Pine and Quinto all sort of dropped out of it eventually. So then that seemed like any any other movie sequels would officially be dead, and now it seems like they're moving on with the you know, CBS all access shows like full, full speed ahead. So I think, I mean, it sounds like that whole movie movie verse, they did their three movies and that's that. I I still kind of have hope that Quentin Tarantino can do something. Like I know he said he wants to use that cast for Hmm. his script. So, I mean, you can, you can watch all kinds of wacky clickbait YouTube videos or or whatever, but I, I kind of think that they might have, better success getting funding for a movie if Quentin Tarantino is attached to uh, direct it, but I don't know. Yeah. Who knows what'll happen. Yeah, and, and, and who knows? That might even excite some of the the actors into mm-hmm. into reprising the role too. Maybe that would be something that would be of interest to them, you know, but who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Say live long and prosper again, motherfucker. I double dare you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think unless th- does anybody else have any other final thoughts, last thoughts on JJ Abrams Star Trek 09 before we call it a night? It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, there were no there were no goddamn jungle gym <laughs> fights. It was beautiful. <laughs> All right. So if you have any comments, questions and or concerns, if if you saw it happen and you're telling us that we didn't and you did then please email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can check out the backlog of our episodes. I know we, we brought up the the uh, proper show that we did on Star Trek Beyond, and, and we frequently talked about Star Trek in the past. I think some of the early episodes, like I think it was in the 20s, where we kind of discussed Star Trek as a whole, you know, like all the franchises and things that were around at the time probably would have been in, you know, early early, uh, I don't know, 2012 or maybe 2011 when we first started the show. I think it was like episode 20 or 
20 something, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, but you can check out the backlog of our proper Fanholes Podcast episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes and feedbacks, hearts, retweets, and shares. And until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, Boldly Go, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and my phasers are set to stunning. This is Justin, and I'm giving her off. She's got Captain.
I'm I'm avoiding legal snags by telling you motherfuckers we're recording ourselves. <laughs> Derek W. Crab is recording the stupid ass call of the stupid ass show. Stupid ass call. Don't tell me it isn't stupid ass. I told you it's stupid ass. <laughs> Spock. <laughs> Spock. I like I, I was like I was watching like I didn't rewatch the movie but I was like watching like the blooper reel like on YouTube like the other day and I like like Eric Bana's like looking into the like camera all intense and he was like like Spock you will die like your planet will die like all the planets around it will die JJ Abrams will die <laughs> like everyone will die <laughs> uh, if only uh.